Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. I am here today with Jesse LeBeau, who is kind of a, a kid's motivational speaker, uh, I think is maybe the best way to capture the fabulous positive energy you're about to get introduced to. So, um, Jesse, welcome. It's great to have you here. Hey, it is so good to see you. Uh, technology is an amazing thing, isn't it? We can be anywhere in the world and we can find a way to connect. It's uh, pretty amazing to be alive in 2024. It is pretty exceptional. See, you guys can hear that positivity. Some of you can't see if you're not watching this on YouTube is that Jesse has tuned in from what looks like an RV uh, somewhere out west as he's heading out to inspire a bunch of kids in schools uh, out west. So he's found some good Wi-Fi and we're going to have a good conversation. Thank you again for being here. <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting. You never know where you're going to end up. That's so true. Well, you probably didn't know you were going to end up here. So let's start by looking at what got you here. Like, how did you get to be doing this amazing work? Because you've been doing it for over a decade, right? Yeah, I didn't plan on doing anything like this my <laughs> whole life. I grew up on a little island in Alaska. I took a boat to school every day. So it was a very um, unique childhood. Um, yeah, at really? the time, I didn't realize that. I was like, oh, this is just kind of normal. This is what everyone does. But you find out later, not everyone takes a boat to school and only <laughs> has one road going each direction in your little town. But I did have one big love, and that love was basketball. And that was my big dream. The only problem was, besides being on a little island in Alaska, was that I was the smallest kid, by far smaller than all the other kids, and I was bullied for that. And so when I would go share this big basketball dream that I had, people would shoot it down and tell me that I had no shot. And very early on, I felt isolated and I felt lonely. And I just remember not loving the direction that that was leading my life. And I finally made a decision that I said, hey, I'm going to become the master of my own attitude and I'm going to decide what I want to do with my life. And that one little decision completely changed everything. And I ended up being able to play basketball and go to college and play uh, professional street ball with the N1 street ball guys who I'd watched on TV and Allen Iverson and a lot of my NBA heroes. And I believe it all comes back to that one decision when I was in the seventh grade at Shomar Middle School to not be a victim and to choose to take 100% ownership for every area of my life. And that led me down this path where I kind of wow. pivoted. And, um, so and so I, wait, hang on before yeah. you get to this path. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's stay there for a minute, okay. if you will, because so many things come up. And so I grew up, I was a child of the 70s. So I grew up with Spud Webb. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, and, you know, yes, y'all are all, your mouths are agape that I'm making a a sports reference, but I I actually remember who was one of, I think he may have been the shortest player in the NBA ever, right? Yep. And he was on the Atlanta team, whatever the team was in those days. I can't remember the Atlanta basketball team. And so there was this possibility that a, a very short guy could play basketball. And so you in seventh grade had to in some way convince yourself that I could do what I want to do, even if it's against the odds. What was that shift for you? Yeah, it was definitely, and it wasn't something that I think was so profound. I think a little bit of it was I wanted to prove other people wrong, right? (laughs) I had that little chip on my shoulder of like, you know what, I'm going to go for this. But I credit so much to my parents who believed in me and said, hey, if that's what you want to do, then you could do it, but you're going to have to work really hard. And so that was the key element. And that's how anything in life, when it comes to building confidence, which is, you know, so critical to anyone's development into a young adult, believing in yourself, you can't give a kid confidence. You have to earn it by getting and racking up small wins. And so that's what it (laughs) gradually began with, right? So it began with, all right, well, I'm going to work in, I could dribble with my left hand a little better and shoot a little better and then make the team and then start on the team and then be a captain and then get a scholarship and and all those things compound over time. But only incrementally. Yeah. Only because I paid some dues to be able to be like, Oh, I failed a lot more than I succeeded in any area of my life. But Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we really emphasize with parents and kids today is, Hey, part of the process is failing and you're going to fall but that's okay. In fact, the people who succeed at the highest levels a lot of time are the people who failed the most. So I think leaning into that early on, and like I said, much credit to my parents for being there and being supportive. They weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they always were there and always were pushing me in the things that I loved. So what I'm what I'm hearing is a few things. What I'm hearing is incremental progress, right? Like we often say the solutions are in the successes, right? So you want to keep yeah. trying things, but there's also that failing forward, learning from the mistakes, moving forward and, and not letting a mistake be something to avoid, but letting mistake be something that you learn from. Mm, I love so that. That's something yeah. I'm really hearing. The other thing I'm hearing uh, is, I love that term, racking up the small wins. But the other thing, I heard, and I really want to call this out for parents in our community, is you were talking about your parents said, yeah, you can do this. We believe in you. We believe that you can do this. And you're going to have to really work very hard to do it. The key to that was not, I don't think you can do it. But you know, if you try, it was, I believe you can. And it's going to take some effort. And let's help you figure out how. And in our audience, we often have a lot of trouble with with kids with complex issues feeling like they just have to work harder. And sometimes it's not working harder, it's working smarter, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's learning learning to dribble with the left hand <laughs> when you can't dribble, you know? Yeah. So can you speak to that a little bit? Because in our audience, that there's the collapsing that happens with working harder. And sometimes it's not always just that. Yeah, great point. Not, I think that's so important to keep in mind because some things in life just come naturally easier for certain people and some things are more difficult. I have a friend and literally this guy is the best looking guy you've ever seen. He's tall. 
He's an incredible basketball player. Like every area, it seems like life just comes easily for him, right? And you're yeah. like, doggone, like I have to work so hard just to be half as good in, in a lot of these areas. But I think it's shifting and finding your strengths and finding mm-hmm. the things that you're passionate about and helping your team do that as your parent and not forcing onto them the thing that maybe you want them to do. And I see that mistake with parents so often because their kids become an extension of, well, I was the great hockey player or I was the captain of the cheer team. And so they want their kids to do those same things. And sometimes they have totally different interests and they don't want to do anything like that, but they don't want to let you down. So I would say lean into those strengths and try to find those things that they, for me, you know, putting in 10,000 hours dribbling and shooting a basketball, it never felt like work because yeah, I found loved it. a thing that lit me up and I'd found a way to make it fun too. So find a way if you can to make it fun. For me, that was music. I would get up 5 a.m. I'd go across in the boat. I'd go up to the school. Larry was our janitor. He would open up that gym for me every day. And I found a way at sometimes it was a big MP3 player that could play music and eventually there was a sound system I figured out how to work and yeah. I would be jumping around, bopping around and having fun while I was doing it. So it never felt like work. And so if you can find a way to make the journey and in fun and enjoy that, the yeah. thing that I learned as a kid and as an adult is it's all the journey and it's all about what you learn along that path and as you're making progress. So that would be what I would say for parents is find a way to have it be the things that the kids enjoy, have them try a lot of different things and find those things and then find a way to make it fun. So it's not some painful experience every day of their life that they're trying to do these things. You know, what I love about that message and your whole message is very often, again, in our community with complex kids, these kids are typically creative and they're outside the box and they're, you know, looking at the world from a different lens and, and they want to be basketball players and baseball players and artists and actors. And very often the parents see the obstacles they see, well, you know, it's uh, video games. They want to be, they want to work in video games, right? They want to do something in that realm. And the parents see it as it's, it's too hard or it's, it's the obstacles are too great or, they're, you know, they don't see that it's really possible to make a living in that. And so they want their kids to take kind of a more traditional path because they think it'll be easier for them. So what comes up when you hear that? Yeah, I see that all the time. And I think a lot of times the people who love you the most sometimes can give you the worst advice. And it's not <laughs> because they don't love you, but it's because they don't want to see you fail and they love you so much that they're trying to protect you from those things. But my big thing would be the reminder for parents listening to this right now is that your job is to prepare your child for the road ahead. It's not to run ahead of them on the road and prepare that road for them, but rather to prepare them for that road ahead. And so in order to do that, you know, so many people still to this day as adults do things because they don't want to let their parents down or to be judged or that type of thing. I see that all the time. So I'll give you a, a quick personal anecdote. After I finished college basketball, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I moved home in with my mom and I got a job working on a commercial fishing boat. Okay. I was horrible at fishing. I didn't know the (laughs) odds. I got seasick. The captain did not like me, but I wrote down 
a three by five card. I want to be in a movie. I want to be in a commercial. I want to be in a TV show. And I talked to my mom about this. And I said, I have three options. I can go and sell carpet in Orange County. I can go play basketball in Hungary and not make a lot of money. Or I could go try to be in basketball commercials in LA. And my mom goes, you know, every time you talk about this LA basketball commercial thing, you light up, you get excited. You've saved up some money working on this fishing boat. Why don't you just go for it? Wow. Just go and see what happens. If it all fails, you could come back and you can have your room back and it won't be the end of the world. <laughs> You're young. Why don't you go for it? Beautiful. And I credit that. But three months later, I was doing my very first commercial with Kobe Bryant and putting on his shoes and taking on his powers. And I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't had a mom who said, you know what? I My dad totally didn't understand it. He was a logger. My mom was a school teacher. And he's like, I don't know if your mom says, go ahead, go, go for it. But it is not even understanding it, but seeing some passion or seeing something that your kid can go for. They're young. They can try it. It's not the end of the world. And that changed my life in a major way. So that would be my same encouragement to parents as well. That's beautiful. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. Welcome back, everybody. My guest is Jesse LeBeau, and he is a motivational, inspirational speaker for, for young people, for middle school and high school kids. And we've been talking about the impact on him in his life from having a mom who believed that he could go pursue things and try things, even if it seemed crazy what he wanted to achieve. One of the things you said, there are kind of two directions I want to go. You use the term, I'm going to become the master of my own attitude. So I'd love for you to, to talk about that shift that happened for you in seventh grade, and then we can kind of talk a little bit about underdog stuff, but I want to go there first, if that's okay. Yeah, since I know you're a big sports talk gal, I'm going <laughs> to go back and sports here, Miss Spud Webb. So- yeah, because I think that the basketball team in Atlanta is the Falcons, and I know that's not correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say anything. I think, I think it sounds great. I think it sounds great. So my dad imparted to me at, at a young age, the power of your attitude. And we would go watch sports games of the local kids that were a little bit older than me, whether it was Little League Baseball, football, basketball, soccer. And we wouldn't watch what the guys on the field or the court would do when they hit the home run, when they hit the game-winning shot. We paid attention to what they do when the ball didn't bounce their way, when they struck out, when they overthrew the the base, when they dropped the game-winning pass. And we saw what did they do in those moments. Ooh, did wow. they blame the umpire? Did they blame the referee? Did they yell at their teammates? Did they not hustle for the next play? And that really showed us if they were going to be successful in the bigger game, which is life, because very few people are going to go on and play pro sports. And that lesson just really had a profound effect on my life. And I saw we can't always control what happens to us. And unfortunately, just like in sports, in life, bad things are going to happen that aren't fair, that are out of your control. But what are you going to do now? And if you can choose to 
become the master of your own attitude, like we were saying, I can promise you, you're going to live a happier, more successful, more fulfilled life. And that's one of the biggest messages that I try to impart to kids when I go and speak. And and you'll see it. it's on the phone, it's on the computer I'm looking right now, and it's on the side of the bus. Attitude is everything. And I really believe that with all my heart. That's beautiful. Yeah, I often say you can't control what happens, but you can control how you respond to what happens. So powerful. Right. And that's really what I'm hearing is like that perspective that we take is a choice. But for a lot of people who are feeling beaten down, who are getting beaten up or bullied, who face obstacles and struggle with life and learning, it doesn't feel like it's a choice for them. And I know you do a lot of work about the notion of an underdog. So how do you speak differently to kids who really are struggling more than your typical kid who are really having a hard time? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? We all have a unique underdog story. I would say I haven't met a person who doesn't consider themselves an underdog. They could come from the billionaire family. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Do you consider yourself an underdog? Wow. I, I have to think about that. I've never really, I mean, have I had adversity in my life? Sure. Have I had challenges? I'm not sure I would see myself as an underdog, but I definitely fight for the underdog. Like that's, that's my realm too, is I've always, you know, taken a stand for those I thought who needed extra advocacy, extra support, extra, whatever. Yeah. It's a really interesting perspective. Were you popular in school? No. (laughs) Did Did you play on any sports teams? No. Yeah. What about in your, I was in a youth group. Yeah. What about in your career early on? What did you do? Uh, I was a political activist. Yeah. um, Yeah. Fighting for the underdog. (laughs) Yeah, And that's hard to do when you don't have maybe tons of money from a family or a big platform like you're building here. So I can already see three or four ways that you could be an underdog. It's an interesting perspective. So everyone that I'm saying that you need to become a, a victim, but I haven't met a person that I can look at and be like, oh, and it's it could be anything. It could be way like you said, you weren't popular in school. You didn't have a lot of friends, maybe. Well, I don't know how to connect with other people. It's mm-hmm. it's funny in this day and age where we're so connected through the internet and social media. I've never seen more people that feel more disconnected and more yeah. lonely. Yeah. Um, and your original thing was about what I got excited about the underdog. Yeah. Up there. What was your what was your question? Just just this notion of of like some people don't feel like it's a choice to choose yeah. a positive attitude. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I would argue it's the one thing that you do have a choice about. And mm. and uh, similar to the quote that you said, things work out the best for those who make the best out of how things work out. Mm, that. Right. And so when it comes to the underdog thing, we all have different experiences in different backgrounds. Like you said, like, I don't know, like, I don't really see, I see people that are more in need and have more adversity that I want to stand up for and be a voice for the voiceless. So it's funny in today's world, the adversity that a kid might hit is that they have slow Wi-Fi or they don't have enough followers <laughs> because it's just a different time. Right. Yeah. We grew up in and but the hardest thing they know is the hardest thing they know. And they might be self-harming or having an eating disorder because they're comparing themselves to the other girls that they see on TikTok and how you know, skinny they are, if that's even what they look like after filters and everything. So I think (laughs) a piece of that is finding empathy because Mm -hmm. there, I guarantee no matter what your situation is, we can find someone out there who would give anything to be able to trade spots with you. So my underdog story isn't that 
crazy. I didn't like, I have a lot of people in, in, uh, in my uh, contemporaries in this space that lose an arm in the military or are born without legs and, and went through much crazier things. But to me, that was a thing that made me feel lonely. It made me feel not good enough. And I had to make that choice. So big or small, young or old, whatever that thing is that you're going through, I would just encourage you to know that you're not alone. And I talk to so many parents, um, especially moms, and they come on and share what's happening with their children and they get so emotional and it, and it's such a heartfelt thing. And so if you're someone that is going through something difficult, my just little encouragement to you would just be know, to know that you're not alone. If you're listening to this right now, then you're part of the 1% of the 1% who's going out of your way to find great resources and people like this to be able to do something positive. And then one awesome piece that I got from a friend of mine who runs a bunch of schools for autistic kids in Arizona is take some time to do some self-care. <laughs> when you're dealing with your family, you're dealing with a kid that maybe has requires a little bit more attention, it can absolutely wear you out. And I see so many moms that blame themselves for issues that are going on and it's outside of their control and they're doing the very best they can. So offer yourself some grace, give yourself some self-care and just know that you aren't alone. And there's awesome people like Elaine and that can have tons. I know you offer a ton of free resources that they can check out and all those things. So that would be my little TED talk on standing on my, on my little box right now um, is to make sure to take care of yourself. I love that. It is It is uh, so many of your messages, Jesse, are reinforcing so many of the messages in our community, you know, putting your oxygen mask on first, believing yeah. in the possibility instead of only looking at the, the challenges and the deficit, taking a strength-based approach. There's, there's so many beautiful messages here um, that are so consistent with the coach approach. So we're going to begin to wrap up this conversation, but before we do, can you let our audience know how they can find out more about you? And you don't have to do www's; it'll all be in the show notes, but where can they find out about you? Yeah, the attitudeadvantage.com slash welcome. Great. It's the best place, one stop for everything, all of our programs and everything you could want there. And part of you, you do programs for teens and you also do public speaking for teens at schools and, and organizations around the country. Is that correct? Yep. Live events, middle schools, high schools, youth conferences, and then our teen program where we work with parents and teens, and then our school program for SEL curriculum as well. Beautiful. Fabulous, fabulous. So as we wrap up this conversation, what have we not talked about that you think we want to add? Or is there something we've talked about you really want to come back and really emphasize? How do we want to wrap this conversation? Yeah, there's so many things, right? It's so complex, you know, for a a choice of words there to be not just a kid, but to be a parent today. But Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things that you can do is figure out systems for technology for the phone. That's one of the biggest things that I am hearing um, feedback from parents every week is how the phone, social media, the internet is completely changing their kids' relationship with the family, with the dynamic of friends at school. And I don't think any person alive has the self-discipline to resist this technology that was created by people that create the biggest companies in the world. So you need to set systems in place that monitor how much time you allow 
and what you're going to be allowed access to. Otherwise, it's just an endless scroll of the most uh, attractive, fun things that you could spend your time on. And I just see kids wasting their entire lives watching what other people they don't know are pretending to do. And it breaks my heart. So putting other people they don't know are pretending to do. Yeah. Well, and the caution to parents hearing that is that, yes, we want to put limitations on technology and we want to do it collaboratively and constructively and in conversation and relationship with our kids. You know, I know that that it's all about empowering them to believe in what they can do and guiding them to create the space in their lives to do that. But also being the parent, because if you just let them do whatever they want, empowered, they're going to be eating ice cream and candy as a toddler and running around. And that's the that's the difficult balancing act for a parent, right? Is like, how much yes. independence do I let them foster and how much should I jump in? And you see it on both ends, not end well. So walking yeah. that rope as a parent is tricky. Yeah. So what guidance do you have? And as we close this conversation for parents about how to have some of these tricky conversations with their kids, because, you know, kids are not going to be jumping up saying, sure, limit me here. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to watch Netflix and have Snapchat and do yeah. the most things in the world. And my one little golden nugget that I've learned from doing this is that the most powerful thing that you can do is start with yourself and lead by example. I, I was at a, um, the school way back when, and I remember this poster and it said, everywhere you go, evangelize the gospel and when necessary, use words. <laughs> and I thought that was so powerful because it really is the truth when it comes to your kids. They are watching and mirroring and modeling everything that you're doing. So don't go and say, hey, you can't be on the phone and do all these things. And then you yourself are on the phone all the time because it doesn't matter what you say. It's going to go in one ear and out the other. They're going to watch what you actually do. So that old adage of do as I say, not as I do. Well, that doesn't work. You need to live it in your own life and take that time to become the best version of yourself. And that will make all the difference. I love that. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse, for for being here and for this beautiful message you're bringing to to kids all over the world. Um, It's important. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I love what you do. This is awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. We love what we do, too. And Mm -hmm. we get to have fabulous conversations like this. So it was great. Uh, To those of you listening, thank you for what you're doing for yourself and for your kids. Take Take a minute for yourself before we wrap this conversation and ask yourself, what's an insight you're taking away from this conversation you just had that you just listened to with Jesse? What are you, what are you aware of? What's your aha? What's the gem that you're going to pull out of this conversation and take forward with you into your life? And maybe is there an action you want to take as a result of that conversation? Is is there a conversation you want to have? Is there a message you want to convey? What are you taking away from this conversation? And what do you want to do with it? And as always, thanks for what you're doing for yourself and for your kids. At the end of the day, you make a huge difference. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.